and welcome back to Pineapple Reels. I'm your host, Nia, and I have been on a podcast hiatus for five months now or so. Um, In the time span of that, I have actually started and created a business of my own. I am a chef. I cook Jamaican cuisine here in Austin, Texas. Um, So that is exciting being a business owner. So that is the reason for my uh, five-month absence. And I've seen a lot of movies in that time period, obviously. And it was just nice to have a break from having to explain movies and just focus on uh, a passion project of mine which is still ongoing but I really miss podcasts and explaining movies and shows and my views and opinions on it and I thought what better way to get back into the group of things than with Amazon Prime's premiere of the anticipated season two of The Wilds and I watched it all in one night um, so I want those of you to be just basically how I felt about the show as a whole and um, probably comparing season one as well too Um, and I'll give a more in-depth synopsis of episode one of season two and all this probably will be ongoing I just want to uh, elaborate on some of the things and you know I do wonder after the season two will we get a season three So if you're wondering like I am, stay tuned. So The Wilds Season 1, which came out in December of 2020, stars uh, eight girls and they are on an island, or nine girls, and they are on an island and they get shinned there when their um, plane that's going to a retreat of sorts for them crashes and they land on a deserted island. Season one is all about how the these teenage girls have to or need to work together for their survival against the elements and BS they have back home that kind of doesn't matter anymore, as well as just their mental state. And I really enjoyed season one of the show. And it was one year, five months, one year, four months before we got this season two. We've been waiting for so long to see if it was going to happen. I think COVID probably definitely took a toll in um, why it took so long for it to come out. Some of the ladies from uh, season one were in different or in other projects. So um, I understand like the girl who plays Fatten, she was in Uncharted. So I was like, hmm, I wonder if that added to maybe why the show wasn't uh out as early as possible but you know we just chalk all that up to COVID so The Wild season one debuted on Amazon Prime uh December 11th 2020 with 10 episodes and like I said the story follows a group of teen girls uh who while on the way to retreat crash land on a deserted island now through trials and tribulations they work together to survive until help arrives now if you haven't seen season one or two major spoiler alert from now on 
because there's going to be a lot of things I'm going to be saying and referring to. So if you've never seen season one, I would advise watching that before you even get into this. And then if you haven't seen season two, just know that, like I said, I will definitely be spoiling some things. It's been out now for, I believe, uh, a little over 48 hours. So enough time to sit and binge it. Season two is only eight episodes, just too shy of the season prior. It was a it was a quick watch for me, but I think it's because I'm really into uh, the show and I like survival type of shows or movies of like, you know, what would you do in, in these certain situations? Now, um, with the first season, many secrets unfold with the major one being that this is all an experiment called Dawn of Eve. But let's speed run all the what the fuck moments of season one, like why the girls are there and the questions we had at the end of season one. So a few of my what the fuck moments from season one was the cake the girls ate on the flight was laced. It it caused all the girls to black out mid-flight crash and they all awake in the sea surrounded by plane debris. Um, whenever I was watching the, ep- whenever I was watching the episode, I did think about that, about like the cake just kind of seemed off to me. It, it wasn't like, they didn't harp on it, obviously, but it just, something seemed a little bit off about it. Um, the next point was Jeanette, the eager girl of the group. Uh, she's a mole for the experiment. And later we learned that there's another Nora, but the two didn't know of each other, which is, you know, not to disturb or, um disturb the experiment also Jeanette dies and you know that wasn't expected that wasn't planned that was in my opinion an error on Gretchen's side of this experiment it while it was well thought out it wasn't well thought out um Rachel lost her hand in a shark attack now how the hell does Gretchen and her team plan explaining that to Rachel's parents even if Nora knowing what's going on, I'm I keep wondering about the aftermath. You know, whenever the spoiler alert, we're not gonna get the answer in at the end of season two, and I just wonder, okay, how long was this retreat supposed to be? Was it supposed to be a couple months? Was it supposed to be like a whole summer? Because they're gonna have school coming up soon, and we learn in season two. Um, well, not just in season two. The titles of the episodes are the days that they're there. And the girls were on the island for the full 50 days while the boys lasted 33 days. So I'm, I'm wondering how long was this entire experience supposed to be? Okay, so uh, when Leah finds a room with a desk and multiple monitors um, at the, the last episode of season one, and uh, when she goes in, she sees that there's footage of teen boys on a deserted island eerily similar to what she just endured and she rightfully so says out loud what the fuck and you know that was a really good cliffhanger to have because it lets you know okay it's not it's not just these girls they're also dealing with this group of boys is it multiple groups is it just these two group these two groups is it the first time this experiment's happening you know that type of thing so i had all these ideas in my mind about like what could possibly happening with season two but some of the questions that I had at the end of season um at the end of season uh one was one of them was where was Martha we we didn't get um we didn't see her in interrogation um the girls had no idea where she was 
And the answer to where she is doesn't even come to damn near the end of season two about where Martha is. For whatever reason, I'm I'm not sure, but it is what it is. So what is the purpose of all this? What purpose does the Dawn of Eve serve? Um, and I think it's that Gretchen Klein wants to prove that scientifically that women will work together with diplomacy rather than lashing out in violence like men would. She even says in this, you know, practice uh, speech that she's going to give that men have, you know, we've, we've been under patriarchy and it's ended. We have, you know, uh, wars, we have famine, all this violence, yada, yada. And she believes that toxic, that uh, a toxic male presence can sway other men. And, you know, to prove her point, she goes to extreme lengths. Um, so if you remember in season one, how Gretchen met Nora and how Gretchen met Nora was, uh, Nora went to the college. I think it was like to pay respects, uh, to the, to her boyfriend that, that had, that had, uh, passed away due to suicide. Um, and she, she starts speaking to Nora and when she's speaking to Nora, she tells her about her son now, her son is directly the reason why this young boy is no longer on this world. So her son was in a fraternity and they were taking part of a hazing ritual, which Nora's boyfriend was involved in, and he ended up killing himself. And um, the mom is just blaming... She she says, you know, like, I, I raised him right, and, and we talked about consent and when no means no and you know i he he was raised right you know what i mean he was raised under a matriarchy but you know when he went to college and he was under these influence of these men he just shifted right back to that natural men's man state you know mental mental state of a man and nora and i'm so glad that they let nora say this nora said yeah that's not it's not the the fault of those other boys or other men he still did it on his own so no matter what how his mom feels no okay you if that, i'm pretty sure their frat said okay well if you don't do this you can't be in the frat it might suck that you can't be part of this organization however you may do something that you're going to regret for your entire life and later on we see that um in season two episode one we see that her son has remorse for his actions we see that he knows what he did was wrong but he also you know knows that or feels that what his mom's doing isn't you know better or or a good solution so going back to it why are the girls heading to the retreat in the first place i want to recap that from season one so leah who seems like our protagonist um she had a relationship with her teacher. And mind you, these girls are all in high school. So she's under she's under 18 and she had a relationship with her teacher. Shelby was uh, casted out by her super religious family for being attracted to women. And she personally feels guilty for um, the death of her friend. Uh, a friend of hers whom they were intimate with each other or shared a kiss and um Shelby just 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 dismissed her friend of like you know like I don't know what you're talking about like that's not me you you kind of push up on me and the girl felt so bad and so guilty that she killed herself and Shelby just feels you know this is definitely my fault it's my fault that she's not here anymore 
And I mean, honestly, I agree with Shelby. You know, you outcast someone, they felt a certain kind of way. Uh, Tony has anger issues and she lashed out on her ex-girlfriend. Uh, with Tony's character, I really like Tony's character. I like that she's able to be uh, who she is. Is she a harsh, is she like a hard personality to take? Yes, she is. However, there's a story behind that. You know, there's a reason for her actions. And I love that she has a friend uh, in Marta because Marta is like the complete opposite. Marta's just like, you know, beautiful peace and love and light and animals and just, you know, she's just this sweet little hippie. And I love that when it comes to Martha, Tony is just like, she just, she aligns better and Martha's able to, you know, like get her to calm down a bit and just be in the present. And it it, kind of resembles, not it kind of, it resembles sisters. I keep forgetting that the characters of Tony and Martha, they're not sisters, they're just very close friends. Um, Rachel, the swimmer. And uh, sister of Nora, they're twins. Rachel and Nora are twins. Uh, Rachel has an eating disorder that almost killed her. She's this very competitive um, athletic swimmer. She wants to make Olympics. Um, and she's, she's just trying to be perfect in everything. And her coach even tells her, which is what led to her, you know, reason being there. But her coach told her, like, hey, you know, you don't have the body for swimming. Letting her know, like, it, it's not right to say it, but... It's like, hey, you don't have this typical body type that we need and you're gonna you're slowing down because you're getting curvy, what she tells her. So she Rachel takes that as oh, I'm getting fat. She creates she she develops this eating disorder, which Nora sees and Nora's just like, Hey, like you're getting bad, you need to stop, you need help. Rachel's not listening to her sister, she's pushing her out. And Rachel gets in a serious accident while at a competition, knocking her head on the diving board. And that could have been that could have been deadly, you know. So um, that's what she's there. Nora, who's our socially awkward uh, sister's keeper, is there because of her sister. I think because she lost her boyfriend. I think she's just trying to, you know, get her a better grip on things. And I think that Nora thinks that she's truly doing what's right by her sister by bringing her here because Shari almost lost her, and I'm pretty sure she doesn't want to lose her sister again. Now with the Nora's character. Um, there was speculation online that said like, hey, isn't Nora's character autistic because she has some very, you know, typical, stereotypical signs of someone who's autistic, but the show didn't like outright say it. Some people were upset about it. Um, I think it's okay. It's being aloof whether she is autistic or not. I think it's fine to leave it as is, you know, and just kind of see how it develops because I... She was briefly in season two, and I don't know, like, her, her stature, just how she was. I I don't know. It, it kind of seemed like a different Nora, but I don't know. We, we can leave that for now. Uh, Marta, who's Tony's friend, she's there because she was uh, sexually assaulted, or I guess it's alluded. I don't remember in season one they, like, verbatim said it, but it's alluded that she was um, molested or assaulted in some, in some way by a trusted elder uh dot uh she needs a break dot in my opinion is the strongest person in this group she has been through the most real life shit and she hasn't done anything negative 
to have to be there. Dot is the only person that hasn't done some negative thing or big thing or, you know what I mean, for her to have to be here as a, like, hey, get your shit together type of thing. Uh, we see early in the episodes that um, Dot is taking care of a uh, older man, you know, uh, like, oh, is she a nurse? Clearly not. She's too young. It's her father, and her father's sick, and she's his nurse, you know? And that's a lot of responsibility for a teenager to have, you know? And her mom, um, I think her mom had already passed, so, like, Dot was just, you know, given a hard a hard hand to begin with. And um, Gretchen kind of swoops in and is like, hey, so you're going to CPS right now, why don't you just come on this retreat, blow some steam off, you know what I mean? Kind of kind of deal um which is like good and bad because look look what the hell happened (laughs) this person who shouldn't have been in this like we need to test you experiment was in it but I understand why Gretchen chose her because she is very mature emotionally and mentally and has been through a lot of stuff and Dot is the most knowledgeable of like medical stuff when it comes to comes to it so she's very helpful to the other girls when they're on the island um, and then we have Fatten. Fatten uh, exposed her father publicly, embarrassing her parents and ultimately ruining ruining her mom's business. And that's why they sent her just basically, hey, you're the spoiled little rich kid. You're not really listening to us. You're doing this wild, this wild stuff. We've been kind of turning a blind eye to her, just kind of like slap you on the hand. But like, you need to leave for a bit and just like reset yourself. Um, now, in season one... I remember that uh, Gretchen was speaking to Leah's parents on a voice call. And they're just like, you know, checking in, like, how is she? How's she doing? And Gretchen's like, BS and them, like, they're, like, they're fine. But we learn from that interaction that these parents have no idea what passageways actually is. What they think it, they, they think it's the same that the kids think. They think that, oh, it's a retreat. You can go swimming and kayaking and, you know, sing Kumbaya by a fire and, you know, and, and, what, what three months you're going to be this new changed person with a different a, a more of an appreciation for things so um I don't like that Gretchen's deceiving these parents because I feel like honestly if she was transparent with parents and said hey there is an experiment I am conducting or if she just said hey there is this thing where um your girls will go it'll be, it'll be a lot it'll be hard but um you know, they're going to come out better, changed, more mature, blah, blah, blah. There are a lot of parents that would do it. So I, I'm just saying to say, I think she, Gretchen could have did things not sneakily and would have had a lot more leeway compared to like now. Because it's like, to, in my opinion, especially after season two, Gretchen's into deepness won't pull the freaking plug because she just believes wholeheartedly in this experiment experiment and she needs this experiment to go in her favor because if not it's a whole lot of time wasted and kids kids that are very hurt or dead because of her you know so let's start getting into uh the new season and what we see so at the end of season one we see the control group of the boys and it's called the twilight of adam and we saw mentioned this before in season one um like on a folder and gretchen kind of spoke about it as well too and we ultimately get to kind of see it first glance at the end of season one for literally a few seconds and then it's like boom cut to black come back next season and see what happens so i'm glad that we do get to spend some time with the boys 
my complaint is I wish we had more time with them. We got a whole season of the girls. I would have loved a whole season with the boys. They cut they cut back and forth a lot. So it would be like, here are the girls that you know and what's going on with them. And then here are the boys. And then why are the boys are here? And then cut back to the girls. So I understand it was, I, I think it was done to keep the attention of fans who love season one and love these female characters. And then to kind of try to intermix these boys in the situation and, and, and keep it flowing. Um, so, uh, Twilight of Adam, uh, now harping on the names of the two groups, Dawn of Eve, meaning the beginning, and Twilight of Adam, meaning the end, it symbolizes that Gretchen doesn't have faith in the boys and believes only in the girls from the beginning. And it's one of the reasons for this experiment due to her son's actions during a frat hazing ritual. Is that like, you know, nature versus nurture, you know, I, I raised you to be this perfect little boy and to respect women and you know better versus look at, I poured 18 years of my life into making you the best version of a man, man I can think of. And it all goes down the drain barely with a semester in college. You're kidding me. You know, also, we don't know about um, her son's father. We don't know if the father's in a life or present like that. And that cannot obviously affect, you know, his upbringing and why he is the way he is. Because when he speaks about his mom, episode one, he is extremely disrespectful when he speaks about his his mother. Um, so season two gave us some answers, but it also had us with some questions. Okay, um, so season one, to me, the threat is like the island, the elements, right? Um, even the girl's mental. And season two, the threat seems like the survival, the survivors themselves. It's it's primal and raw. And I think that's supposed to show, uh, you know, women versus males, you know, um, uh, the boys in their scenario and the girls in their scenario it was just so wild how vastly different they were and how extreme it got on the boys side and how quickly it got on the on that on, on their side versus the girls and i did like that parallel i didn't i didn't think it was a show being like oh well girls are soft dainty creatures and boys are just vile aggressive things i i don't i don't think it was like that i th- i think it was i know obviously that they, they there are the the two people per group that are part of this control experiment however a lot of things that are said and done are the actions of that person individually that making that making that choice um so i wanted to start so I, i'm gonna break down uh this first episode of season two so just to put it in a retrospect, Gretchen says that the girls lasted the full 50 days and the boys only lasted 34. And they had to, they had to end the experiment early. Um, it, it is kind of funny that the boys couldn't, couldn't last as long. However, uh, episode four, there's an event that takes place in it. It's very serious. Um, you know, uh, there is an advisory in the beginning of it to understand the subject matter if it's if it's okay with you and what you're what you're going to get into by viewing it and um when I watched I was like whoa that's that's crazy because it didn't happen with the girls ever uh especially not in that not that aggressive uh way where both people you know weren't you know wanting to do the same kind of thing 
but uh yeah let's deep dive into episode one so episode one opens with rachel's hand missing from the shark attacks and uh nora seemingly washed away at sea we don't again we don't see nora you know we don't see her body floating or anything like that we're just to expect that either her she was sucked away at sea and dragged under or that the shark that attacked rachel attacked nora and killed her um leah is still desperately trying to show the others that um that something isn't right here and we also get a glimpse um of the boys in the twilight of adam now the boys were the perfect failures we needed gretchen says she says that later and it's it's something that you can just dismiss but whenever i kept thinking about it, i'm like oh i know what she's meaning and um i have my theories about gretchen and and what that what that meant and i'll go into a little bit later but um to get to the boys we see their submission videos for the program uh for passageways josh who kind of like the geek of the group uh we see him talking he has a maid uh so clearly he comes from money um his maid hands him a bag of multiple prescriptions he even goes into the details of like oh yeah i've been to so many summer camps and i even went to magic camp so it's like oh okay you you sweet you sweet sweet boy uh then we have roth who is uh seemingly our leah our male leo the group as we follow his story the most and roth is uh from Tijuana, mexico and he drives every day over the border to go to school in california i believe san diego san francisco um because education is better for him and he's tired we even see him sleeping in class going to the wrong classes because he's, he's just tired he has a girlfriend she comes from money her parents are like you know the people in the know his parents are hard-working people and um i i i i, I do like roth in his story um then we have dj the seemingly annoying frat guy with a love of whiskey uh it seems kind of uppity as well uh ivan the uh eccentric person of of them all and just like the i'm gonna tell your business kind of person like the gossip of the group um we have seth uh who is henry's stepbrother he's like the friendly guy of the group and someone even said like he's like the camp counselor of the group when everybody be buddy buddy checking on checking in everyone to make sure people are okay we have uh henry Seth's stepbrother the goth boy who doesn't want to be there and is reminiscent of 90s daria then we also have uh bo and scotty their best friends and partners in crime um yeah so those are our boys i like the cast of boys and they're very interesting uh just a heart just to go into a little bit of, of the acting abilities in this in the show there wasn't anyone that i was just like oh this is just they're not hitting their mark i think everyone hit their mark um at one point i thought the character ivan was a bit much but i said but then i i quickly took that back because i said you know what ivan has to be this this extra that is that is how his character is supposed to be that he just needs to be this you know kind of personality and sometimes he you know kind of messes things up for himself by going a little bit too far which is one of the reasons which is the reason why um he's there on the island in the first place um so to go over why each of the boys are there, um, I think Josh, it was just really like a retreat thing. Like parents like, oh, this is a good idea, goes to retreat. I don't think he did anything negative to be there. I think he's more, he was more so there also because like he's straight edge and also he has like all these medications, right? Um, 
Roth is there because he got in a fight, uh, a physical altercation with an adult when uh, he was going over the border and he hit someone's car and that landed him in jail. Um, then you have DJ and uh, DJ. Uh, DJ's there because of uh, something that he did, which later on we realize who DJ is. I won't get into that just at this exact moment. Um, we have Ivan and uh, Kiernan. Oh, that's what I forgot. I forgot to talk about Kiernan. Kiernan is uh, this like all-American, blonde hair, blue-eyed heartthrob. Um, and his submission videos is him basically being like, I'm hot shit. You need me. I like sports. Let's go. Um, Kiernan is there, uh, because of Ivan. Um, they had a, uh, Ivan, Ivan put some motions in, in, into plan, which got a teacher fired because the teacher had a picture on his Instagram of him doing blackface. I was like, what the hell? This is messed up. Posted the picture and, you know, students at school were like, oh, yeah, like, good for you, awesome for doing that. The teacher got fired, and Kiernan was upset, and Kiernan was even crying. And he was just like, you know, and mind you, Ivan went to him, but he was like, you know, this guy was, he was a lot to me. He was my mentor. He's a good person. He's a husband, and he he's a father, and he's not a bad guy, and he shouldn't be judged by one, something that he did, and it, and it was messed up, you know what I mean? And, um... Ivan provokes um, Kiernan to say something. I'm not going to say it. To say some uh, ugly, foul things that would clearly be offensive to Ivan himself. But Ivan's like, oh, well, call me, you know, call me this. You know, you want to call me. Kiernan's like, I don't want to call you that, though. Like, I I don't. But Ivan keeps pushing the narrative of, like, no, but you want to do it. You want to say it. It'll make you feel so good. Just say it. And he coerces him to, to say it. And Kiernan's saying it through, you know, a tear, teary-eyed face. And Ivan records it and um, posts it for everybody to see. And Ivan's then boyfriend uh, was the one that went to the school count the school principal and let, let this principal know, like, hey, Ivan's the one, Ivan, you know, course this or whatever. And that's why, that's why they're there. So there is like, you know, there's some, there's some tension. There's some bad blood already between Ivan and Kiernan that we see. All we know with with Seth and um, Henry is that they're stepbrothers, but we don't really see any, like, clear issue with the two of them um, to understand why they're kind of, like, not attached at the hip of being brothers. Um, with Seth, we don't realize until later why he's there, and Seth's reason for being there is very serious. It's very, very serious, but it's not really shown us in, to us until towards, like, the end of the season. Um, and to be honest, I'm not really sure why Henry's there. It, it, I'm like, is Henry there just to go with his brother? Is Henry there because Henry used to be a Boy Scout and knows a lot of wilderness stuff? Um, that would be my best bet. Bo and Scotty are there because um, they broke into a house and they destroyed some stuff. So that's breaking, entering, and destruction of property. And that's why, why they are there. Uh, also, background of those two characters, Bo, who seems like a very sweet guy and very, very um, obedient child when it comes to his father's word. And he's terrified of his dad absolutely terrified of his dad and it's alluded that his dad beats him you know for 
little things. It could be, you know, you didn't, uh, your, your room's not clean enough. Uh, you didn't wipe down the counter, whatever. So we even see a scene where Bo's, Bo and, um, Scotty, they're riding on bikes and Bo has a red bruise on his face. So, um, yeah. Now the boys end up in the same facility with the girls unknowingly at the time. Um, but, uh, yeah, Gretchen and her partners are happy with how things went. The girls last the full 50 days while the boys imploded day 34 and the experiment prematurely. Now, the only issue is that they are unsure what caused their failure. And they are interrogating the boys to figure out what happened, starting with Rolf. Um, and what we what they keep talking about... Um, in in the in season two episodes one two and three they keep on saying asking the boys or talking about like what happened day 13 what happened day 13 what happened day 13 was it 13 15 yeah 13 i believe and because whatever happened that day it literally divided the boys camp and for whatever reason we don't know at the exact time we do not know why they can't hear what's going on but they're not able to hear. They're not able to hear and see and piece together what's going on. Something was messed up in the transmission of information. So, Kiernan takes on the role of leader early on. And the boys just fall in line without issue. And um, they even talk about that. Like, why are we listening to him? And Ivan jokingly says, it's that daddy voice and that energy. He's like, I don't even like him. I'm following suit. And it makes sense of, you know, if there's someone with more dominating energy or presence, maybe you don't want to challenge their authority or, you know, their presence makes you naturally back down. But again, none of the boys fought Kiernan on him saying like, hey, and he didn't say like, okay, guys, let's, let's come on, let's group together. Let's, let's figure this out. Kiernan said, hey, get up. We got to figure this out. We got to go explore and get some shit. They're like, where are we going? He's like to go find some stuff dude like food shelter water we gotta do it all um so they split up they look for food and other supplies meanwhile because they keep going back and forth between the girls and the boys the girls decide to move more inland leaving a large sos sign in the sand with logs just in case you know someone comes and they're not there they want to get rescued and at this time it's been a week since nora was lost at sea and uh during during the attack and rachel is still in disbelief she hasn't moved from the beach since and the girls uh they take turns checking in on her uh no one's really pushing her hard just gentle like hey you know if you want to or hey i'm here for you i feel like um dot and fat and the two that are most there for rachel um but leah is still looking for proof that her theory is right and fat and it just you know tells her nice like hey it, it was just a mirage um d now back to the boys <laughs> dj is in pain from hurting his toe uh due to him kicking a large rock out of frustration whenever you know they got out of the water from the crash land and he has trouble trying to climb to higher ground whenever the guys split up in his group uh so the guys in the group tell him like hey you know what you can just head back to the base to recover you know, we won't tell the guys what happened. They call Karen a triple ditch, which is like a little joke. Um, they say, yeah, you know, you're fine. Go back to the base to recover. He tells them, thank you. And 
while he's like hobbling away, he stops and turns back and says, good luck and walks away. And he kind of has like a serious face. And none of the boys take it seriously or think anything of it. But when I watched episode, I'm, I'm rewatching the show. And so I'm, I, I'm still on episode one, season two, or I'm on season two, episode two. But when I rewatched it, I was, I'm looking for things. And I was like, hmm, he did say, he did say that kind of weird. And so, um, back to the girls. <laughs> While the girls are packing up to move inland, Leah speaks to Rachel about Nora, asking her questions about her sister that upsets Rachel. Naturally, it upsets Rachel. It's causing her to feel guilty since Nora was trying to save Rachel from herself. And Rachel uh, breaks down in agony. She's screaming, yelling, crying. Her voice is breaking. But Leah is too focused on putting together all the clues to let up. And it leads Fatten to tell her to drop it. Fatten even threatens her. Like, if you even come on your feet near Rachel, I will, I will kill you. And Leah takes this very seriously. It seems that Fatten's being very clear in her intent of following through with that threat. Now, back to the boys, back at the beach. DJ's body is found by Kiernan and the group that he was in. And um, the other boys come join too. They're like, what's going on? And, and none of them none of them were sure what happened. But they figured that he fell and got swept up into the tide and that like hit his head on a rock or something. And that's how he died. Now, DJ's face is like mangled and teared up. So is his ankle. But again, we don't know what happened. So, um, Seth and Roth, uh, they, they, uh, bury DJ at sea while the other boys watch from the shoreline. And going back to the girls, Dot comes back from Rachel, uh, comes back for Rachel after all the girls already moved inland to their new spot. Um, but she goes to Rachel to bring her, you know, like, hey, you know, let's come to the new campsite. And they speak about grief and, and how to cope at your own pace, which Dot has the most experience with grief, losing her parents and recently losing her father. Um, but after speaking to Dot, uh, Rachel relocates to a new site, even being like, hey, Dot, come on, let's go. And Leah is still isolating herself. Um, she's very sad, very alone, and she's taking a handful of pills while, while tears fall. Seth and Raj, they are bonding more over missing their girlfriends. And Seth checks in with Raj, asking if he's all right. And he says no, which Seth agrees. Um, in his interrogation, Raj says that they wanted to be men, but became monsters. At the end of the episode, we see that DJ, whose real name is Devin, isn't dead. And it was staged by his mother, Gretchen, the leader of Dawn of Eve Project. He's angry at his mom for what he just endured and admits he's a bad kid that royally screwed up and someone's death is his fault. But, quote, but you're the whole entire adult destroying the life of these kids and that's not an accident. You planned this. You enjoy it, end quote. And he walks away after calling her, you know, names and telling her to F to, to fuck off. Um... I really enjoyed this scene. I think it was good to see the closest person to Gretchen, her son, of the rapport of you your kid's the one that's screwing up that screwed up and made this big this big mistake. However, look at how he talks to you, look at how he treats you, you know. And Gretchen before he went off the handle, she said, Do you know how many strings I had to pull 
to you know keep you out of trouble and I think that's important that 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 was shown her saying saying that because let's be honest that was if it was any other boy that did the same thing her son did she would probably be the person saying oh you know uh punish him to the fullest extent because that's not okay and because it's her son it's different so I feel like Gretchen is this super strong clearly supposed to be feminist character super feminist character and they kind of try to demonize her for her feminism and um it just shows like even you this feminist you're showing favoritism in your son you know what i mean um but yeah so after that uh uh the last the last thing that we see in the episode one is after raj is walked back to his room and left alone the episode ends of Leah coming from behind, putting her hand on his mouth and telling him to be quiet. Um, so just for the first episode, I really enjoyed it. I really liked it. That, that was a good kickoff to the season where, you know, you have some questions. You're like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen kind of thing. Um, so the rest of what I'm going to talk about is going to obviously spoil the rest of the show. Um and I'll go into detail about it probably later on of episodes, not like individual K, an episode just about episode two. I'll I'll bunch them together like episodes two to four. I don't want these episodes to be too um too lengthy. I want to try to condense them and make them quick. But um, there's an incident that happens in episode four. Like I said earlier, it's extremely um, I guess I guess the word is disturbing, troubling, um. It made me uncomfortable. This made me uncomfortable because my main question was, why the hell is it even happening? So, um, there's a scene. The boys find a bunker, um, and the bunker has beer in it, and they, you know, they're starting to celebrate and they're they're drinking and having a good time. And uh, Seth's in in the in the little tent area, the little shelter that they made, and he, I guess, just says something to Seth that he doesn't like. And uh, Seth just like he's like I'm nothing like you. Like Seth just like flips a switch. He has this darkness inside him, and we get a glimpse of it before because there's an episode where um, his stepbrother tells him basically, you know, mom, my mom feels sorry for you. You know, his mom is his his stepmother, and he just lashes out on his on his brother and he literally tries to drown him in the ocean no one sees this no one's around to 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 say that this happens and Seth changes his mind in the moment of you know what it's not a good idea to kill this to, to kill him and lets him go and we're just like oh I wanted to make sure you know that you wanted to live clearly this is bullshit but Seth's hiding under this mask of I'm the nice guy. I'm the I'm I'm your buddy. I'm the guy you come to talk to when you're stressed out. You know I want to help everybody. I'm trying to make make sure everybody's mental um, stability is, is there. And for me, when he did this whole kumbaya, let's all like we got to work together thing. Something about it, and maybe because he is a it, it's a male species thing, I was just like I don't feel like this would really happen I feel like he's he's a mole you know otherwise why is he talking like this you know what I mean and uh you know later on we do realize that Seth is a mole we had we had two and mind you the, the moles don't know each, don't know about each other you know we had Seth and we have uh DJ and DJ pulled out early because he couldn't do it he he literally he couldn't even last a day 
couldn't even last a day you know and his, that was his mom's point and and yeah he's like yeah mom you proved your point however look what the hell you're doing but yeah back to stuff so again this incident happens uh i believe for the boys day it's day 13 and he i don't know what the the technical term is i don't know if the technical term is you know trigger warning I don't know if the technical term is uh, sexual assault or molestation. Um, I'm not sure this was like a power a power thing for Seth or not. It was just so weird that it happened. And I think, this is what I'm thinking. I think that the show wanted to it to be to go further. But somebody or someone said, maybe, maybe let's not go all the way. Because I was watching the show with someone and we were confused for a little moment of like, hey, what what's happening? Because the angle of the bodies, we're like, well, they're not having sex because the angles of the body aren't correct. And then we realized what was happening. So Seth, Seth uh, put his put his foot and mind, mind you, everybody's been drinking, right? Um, but not so much where anyone would forget anything that's happened. And I don't want alcohol to be an excuse for these actions because I don't think alcohol was an excuse, period, for these actions. Um, but uh, he puts his foot on on uh, Josh's back and he masturbates over him until completion and then walks away and acts like, and goes back to the party and acts like nothing happened and josh is just laying there facing the sand traumatized about what happened confused about what happened and obviously doesn't want to talk about it and again the person i watched it with we were just sitting there literally mouth opened what the fuck was that what was the point we already know this boy is kind of a psycho because he just tried to kill his brother what the day before okay um so this is like really extreme why is this happening and when when that incident happened seth just acted normal um no one knew anything for a while until they had to split up and go do stuff and Seth's trying to stay with josh but uh kiernan and josh ended up together and uh, josh told kiernan what happened and i really liked kiernan's character of how he responded when Josh told him. Because I think stereotypically, we people would probably assume that someone like him would be like, ah, dude, like, you know, you should defend yourself or why don't you fight back or anything like that. I like that when he told him, he fully believed him, though Josh kept trying to be like, ah, you know, it's like, it's nothing, like, let's let it go. And Karen's like, no, it's not something to let go. That's not something small. That's something serious. Whether that happened to Karen in the past um or Karen's just very against them like that or Karen is the kind of person like hey we don't we don't prey on the weak you know um or someone who we think is less less than it's like yeah Karen's a douchey a douchey guy but he's still a nice person and we see these very um you know like human moments from him nice moments from him where he can be a nice he can he can be a very nice person but that was a divide that happened between the camp and it's just so wild and parallel to the girls because the girls didn't have any situation close to that and nothing close to that you know there wasn't a power play in that kind of way and what I was thinking this is me and my friend were talking about it's like so do you think 
Gretchen picked these particular girls and picked these particular boys on purpose because she said, um, on purpose for the experiment, because she said, you know, the boys were the perfect failures we needed. Perfect failures meet, you know, so I'm looking like, okay, well, you're a fem- the super feminist and you're all for the woman and you're, you're the point of this experiment is to show that women can create good societies that don't end in violence and all that kind of stuff. But is this, this is a controlled experiment. When a, an experiment is truly controlled, you know, you're pushing the narrative. So it feels more like Gretchen is a writer and she she created her characters. She set the scene. Here's a backdrop. Boom, deserted island. Some shit happens. What are you going to do? And I don't think that she vetted her people enough, you know? Um, Nora damn sure shouldn't have been a mole. It, she, she shouldn't have. Um, also, was there training for this, for these moles as well? These teenagers who are moles? Um, she shouldn't have used her son. It just, that just wasn't a good look. Look how early he quit. What intel did she get from her son? Nothing. Maybe that was just to prove a point to her son. And with Seth, I, we don't know if she knows what happened so i'm curious of does she know why Seth's there in the first place does she know what he did to josh um and we we never get that answer in season two not clearly maybe aloof but not clearly and uh the reason why Seth's there and i don't remember what episode it was that we figured out why Seth was there but seth is just painting as this like very nice guy who you know everybody's buddy's a great guy um there's a scene where his ex-girlfriend comes over to hang out. She's drunk. Um, nothing inappropriate happens or whatever. She just stays the night at, at, at their house. But um, she's, like, complaining about the guy that she's seeing or her on-and-off-again boyfriend. And the next day after she leaves her, so he's like, looking at her Instagram and sees, like, pictures of the two of them. Uh, picture that clearly allude to they were seeing each other and it angers him and he sees a picture of her cat and you know he's like he kind of gets an idea because he was trying to there's a scene that we see because he, he actually excuse me he, I'm running that back he tells someone the reason why he's there like, oh yeah I stole I stole a girl's cat and it's like that's not what happened you know what happened is what did you say I stole a cat? Or I was like, I was looking at someone's cat. But he's, the problem is set this line, but because it seems like, well, why would he have to lie? And the kind of person he's presenting himself as, he seems the guy that you want to be friends with, the guy that you want to chill with and go get a beer, or go, you know, go surf surfing with or some shit like that. That's how he's presenting himself. And the only person who really sees through his facade is Kiernan. Maybe his stepbrother, but truly Kiernan. And Kiernan even tells him like, dude, I see past all your camp counselor bullshit and I'm not with it. And I, I like that because, it, you know, Kieran is not this vapid character. Kieran has a little bit of substance to him. But, um, yeah, season two overall was okay. Now, I think I read some articles and people were talking about um, the sophomore, the sophomore slump, sophomore lull. Uh one thing that stuck out to me was like, why is this show, why is the season eight episodes instead of 10? Why aren't we getting those two hours of extra content? I think if we had those extra two hours, it would have been a little bit better. Um, so I'm not sure. I think the long hiatus didn't help, but 
I think, and 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 also Netflix not excuse me, not Netflix, Amazon Prime has not announced uh season three yet. However, season two wasn't announced for a while either. I mean, like it didn't get announced for a while that it was clear to go. It didn't get announced for a while that it was it was gonna it was about to come out. Um, I think what a month ago, a month ago in April, they're like, oh, the wild's coming in May. I'm like, wait, the wild is coming back. I got scared because I thought it was canceled, you know. And even on YouTube, there are content creators that put out videos like as short as what three months ago. They were like, oh, the wilds is canceled. It's not coming back. Okay, so a few wild things that happened. So with the boys after uh, the date, the date thir- thirteen episode, and after Kiernan tells the whole camp basically what happens, uh, the, there's like a sharp divide in the boys. There are the boys who believe that Seth did this and there are boys that believe that I don't think that he did do this or we don't have any proof that he did and what I liked about that was hmm now these boys are getting to see what it's like when um you know on the opposite side there's a female that says hey this male uh you know molested me raped me touched me in a way that I didn't care for and, you know, you have someone like, well, do you have proof? Well, if you didn't have proof, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you're right. I'm not calling you a liar. But I just can't, you know, ugh, say that this guy's a bad guy and, and that way I should, we shouldn't hang out with him anymore. And the person who's really advocating that, you know, hey, we don't know that Seth did this is Raj. And I think it's because Seth was smart on some Inception shit and got in good Raj early, build a rapport. Like, hey, I'm a good guy. We both have girlfriends. Why would I do such a thing? And for the longest time, Raj is on his side. And Scotty was kind of on the side, his side too, until they were talking about it more. And then Seth was like, no, uh, not Seth. Scotty was like, you know what? I'm, I'm now, now I'm believing Josh. Now I'm going to go over this side. So it's like a, like a clear divide, you know, and it's definitely Lord of the Flies esque. It, it's, I mean, it it pulls so much from it. It's ridiculous, um, and not not in a bad way whatsoever. I I feel like the wilds in general is like lost, but with teenagers, um, and it's a clear we know this is an experiment thing. It's not it's not a we're we're guessing kind of deal. Um, we see with on the girl side that Shelby and Tony they get a little bit closer. And uh, Shelby even, you know, confesses her love to Tony. Tony doesn't really know how to respond to that. So if you're a watches in two, maybe you have the same questions that I did after I watched season two. So um, question one, what is phase three? What is phase three? Um, whenever the last epi- episode eight at the end, uh, Gretchen initiates initiates phase three and I'm just wondering what does that all entail um also does Gretchen and her team know what happened what Seth did on day well, I don't know if it's day 13 or 15 do they know what happened and if they do know what happened why the hell that goes to another question why is Seth still able to work with Gretchen that's very confusing um now I have a theory that the reason why Seth is able to work with Gretchen is because Gretchen extended that offer to Leah 
and Leah declined her offer, kind of in a smug way. And we learn why later, you know, she has her own plan in motion. But I'm thinking Gretchen was like, I, I think that was another part of the experiment of let's have someone who was in this experiment and have them on our side and see what happens. Is their mental state going to change? Are they going to be with, with, with the, you know, the group they were with? Um, oh, then my other question was, when Adam and Eve combine, will they be able to work together or be at odds? You know, Twilight of Adam, Dawn of Eve. Is this a way to, to see, you know, how will the, will the boys and girls work together? Will there still be the same dynamics kind of things? Like, for instance, you have Kieran, this very dominating, loud personality. And then you have Tony, who is literally the, the, the same you know, so would would Tony back down from from Kiernan? I highly doubt that she would. Highly doubt it. If anything, I think that she would humble Kiernan to be like, "Hey, maybe you should, you know, shut the hell up and we can work together, or you can sit back and watch someone like who's been here for a while figure it out." Um, and also, how long until they are home? I am so confused by this because I and I'm gonna go back and watch season one to try to see if I can find this information. Because I need to know how long is this retreat supposed to be? If school gets out in what? Usually end of May, early June. You go to school usually end of August, early September. You have about three and a half months of a break. So they can't be gone that long because they have to go to school. And I don't remember how many of these kids are actually seniors in high school. You know what I mean? But the point is that you're not supposed to be gone for six months or five months. I would say maybe three months max. They're supposed to be gone. Because, um, you know, if I was a parent, I don't know, if I was a parent, I wouldn't let my kid go somewhere where I can't talk to them or see them for the song. I need to do a wellness check with my child. Um, and, you know, what does the FBI know? Because we saw that Leah contacted one of her friends and, you know, we don't know what they talked about. For whatever reason, they looked at aloof. We don't know what they said. But she called her friend, gave her friend some information. The friend went to Devin. And Devin gave his, the friend some information. And that friend went to the FBI with a big folder. It was like, hey, I called ahead. They told me to come bring this and brought the folder and left. Um, so whatever Leah put into motion start rattled. Gretchen and her and her people and now they're on the land they're on the run and they're still initiating another phase phase three so it's like what the hell is phase three how long will it be and they're handling it all remote so how are they going to really handle this if they don't have any feet on the ground aside from Seth so I'm very curious what's gonna happen also this is when we finally see Marta we don't see Marta until the end of of season two and I was like like in the present day and I was like what the hell is this shit yeah we see Marta in the flashbacks to the island and all that kind of stuff but I was so confused on why we didn't get to see her until the very end and Marta's in a wheelchair she's able to stand and stuff but she's still in a wheelchair um another theory is that Shelby might be working with uh the dawn of eve but I don't see why she would be working with them. Like, I don't see how that would benefit Shelby. But there is a scene that, um, and she tells Tony about it later, that she saw, she, oh my goodness, Shel- Shelby saw a ship. Ooh, I didn't know when, like, twist that up. But Shelby saw a ship, 
and the fire was dying and instead of feeding the fire to get the attention she let the ship go and she felt so guilty about that now when it happened Shelby was by herself and it seemed like what she was saying to Tony was true like I actually want to do something but then I you know I didn't and I feel so guilty about that and I'm like I don't think I don't think Shelby's working for them I think it's like they said they had it was nine people per group or eight people per group you can't have a quarter of the group be moles because it's gonna must experiment right because they're they're guiding they're guiding the experiment but I I don't think that Shelby's working with them but I am curious about the whole Seth thing of what's gonna happen what's he gonna do what's what's the purpose and I wonder how they're gonna if they if they do get approved for season three. I wonder how soon they'll do the filming, as well as how they're gonna wrap this up. Because I feel like if they do three seasons, it's kind of perfect. Um, because you don't want to string along too much. So if season one all takes place on the island with the girls, right? And we're going back and forth between uh them on the island and then when they're they're being interrogated because they got quote unquote saved. And then the end, we see, oh, you know, actually, there's another group of boys. Um, And then season two, we're still on the island. And we're we're still in in this interrogation bunker. But we're not really going anywhere else. And so it just, it, it, I wish it would have expanded a little bit more. And so I'm thinking, I'm speculating that maybe season three will have a flash forward of whether that's a couple years later um or what of what happens when this all said and done how it affects people's mental how uh it affects their relationship with certain people like Rachel and Nora for instance their relationship is probably tarnished because Rachel is probably gonna whenever she finally gets to see Nora and realize Nora's alive we, we, we find out that Nora's alive still she's gonna be distraught you lied to me. I thought you were dead, you know? And that might manifest or that might turn into, you know, well, you're truly dead to me now. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Pineapple Reels. Um, again, sorry for a long hiatus, but I will be back with, you know, more episodes. I'm not going to have a certain time that I put them out. Just, you know, take them as they come. It might be one a week. could be one a month. could be four a week. I don't know. But, um... I'm going to put out episodes as I can, and as I watch something and enjoy it, I'll put it out. I do want to watch uh, the this this episode. This episode. I do want to watch the Wild season two another time, just to be thorough, catch anything that I missed, you know, so I can give a full synopsis of episodes uh, two through eight, and anything, any other speculations I have for season three, any information I find online regarding season three, and, you know, if it's happening, and if so, who we should all expect back, and stuff like that, but definitely stay tuned.